It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You're listening to Awakening Code Radio. Mind-expanding, heart-opening, talking music to raise your vibration. Some people consider it the shifting of the ages. Others see it as a whole new paradigm for humanity. But whatever you want to call it, it's hard to deny that we are in a moment of immense change. A moment challenging us to wake up and live life more consciously. This is Eric Rankin. And I'm Michelle Anderson. And you're listening to Awakening Code Radio. Where the conversation is always about raising the vibration of love, compassion, happiness, forgiveness, stewardship, health, and peace. Thank you for joining the conversation. This is Deepak Chopra. Hi, I'm Marianne Williamson. Hi, this is Greg Braden. And you are listening to Awakening Code. Awakening Code. Awakening Code Radio. Where is my sound effect? I was whistling into the mic. I was trying to make an outer space noise. It wasn't coming out. That's my like patented outer space noise. Are you, are you geeking out? Eric? Yeah, I okay. am. That's good. I know. I am geeking out. You're excited, out. aren't you? Yes, I am. Well, I am this is too. right up my alley. I am smiling so big. <laughs> so we have a big time guest. Every once in a while, we get somebody that's really been doing this work for a long time, is well known, huge following, author, sold a lot of books, TV. And we have one of those guys tonight. And it just happens to be in a subject that I am super into. And if it's not sonic geometry, then it's going to be extraterrestrials. Are you- <laughs> I'm really, you know, why I'm laughing, right? I uh, guess I don't know. Because you always when, laugh at me. when when I met you, you were that guy oh, okay. who absolutely just totally mocked and made fun of me because of my let, belief in l- it. Let me clarify. Okay. So the sonic geometry had not come into my field of view at all, and orbs and certain things. You know, I'm still not so into astrology and things, but I will say the intrigue that I have had for what is now known as the ancient alien theory. Mm-hmm. Um, I was intrigued by from, I read chariots of the gods by Eric von Daniken when I was 15, that was 1975 and went to the movie in 1976. Didn't even have my driver's license, had to be driven by my uncle to a theater to see it. Gotcha. Okay. So it has and been intriguing. Star to me. Wars. Yes. You were a big star Wars, star Trek, star everything. Yes. Yeah. You're star right. man. 
You were, yeah, you yeah. are, you are a star. Man. But now I'm fully, fully yeah. down the rabbit you're, hole. You're fully into it, and and I'm so glad because this is, as I was saying, I can hear my dear friend we Alan. Hear, we hear something going is, on back is, there. <laughs> is on the phone. Are you in the house with us, Alan? I am in the house, Michelle and Eric. <laughs> thank you. It's so can great. You hear me it's, okay. Yes, we can hear you, and I. I have to say, Alan, I have been down memory lane this last weekend because Eric was at the the Soulogy Fest with Todd Medina and and Alan and but Alan, yes. but we didn't speak the same day, right? And and I was texting with Alan and he wasn't going to bring the book over to you until Sunday, and I said, "No, Eric's leaving," and he would. Alan, thank you for being so gracious and going over on Friday so that I could get well, my no, book. Eric came, Eric came by the place we're at here. Yeah. Oh, so, you did? Yes. Yes. So, so you switched. My... So I gave you guys each other's phone numbers and then something changed. And then I just said, right. I guess so. And I called him and the Her Talks, JJ and Desiree were there. Awesome. And yeah, I got to see like ground central alien ground control there in Sedona. Right. <laughs> I'm right. so glad. But what I what I, I didn't realize that happened because Eric and I haven't even talked yet. But I was laying in my bed texting with you, texting with Eric, mm. texting and I'm texting Eric's. Eric's girlfriend Jen saying I know you'll get him this message because I have to get Alan's book and he is our guest on the show and I went down this this just heart opening memory lane to the day that you and I met in 2008 at the Orb the Prophets Conference the Orbs Conference and I in Palm Springs and it was March 22nd 2008 I went and looked it up and oh. so that conference was the 20th through the 22nd. I remember it was Easter Sunday and that was the first time. Now see, my whole, my memories are flooding back because I didn't remember this until I started thinking about when I met you and I felt that bolt of lightning. Like I felt with many of, many of my friends that are on this path where you have an immediate knowing that you know that person. And what you did, yeah. Alan, you, I was standing in the parking lots talking to James Gilliland. He had just put me on his show, um, as you wish that Saturday night before. And this was the close. It was, it was like everybody was leaving to go home. It was Sunday. You walked over to talk to James and I was talking to him in the parking lot and I was getting ready to leave to drive home. And we were all saying goodbye, but you hadn't seen me at the conference. And then you said to me, who are you? And, <laughs> and I just said, I'm, uh, you know, Michelle, but it was you, you and I both having this moment of like recognition on a soul level is what I felt. You know, I didn't remember that, but now that you remind me, but I felt like I always knew you. That's yeah. the recognition. Yeah. And That's then every time we start. would run into each other, at, it was like Conscious Life Expo. I remember seeing you at Conscious Life Expo and I almost started crying and we just started hugging oh. each other and... I'm like, oh my gosh, you're here. And then we started seeing each other a lot and hanging out more well, you, at Contact in the Desert. You came to New York to I visit came, me once. Yeah, I did. I came to New York with my husband and my daughter. And we ended up not 
connecting that trip, but I did reach out to you and say, I'm on your home home turf, you know? I know. Yeah. I thought we did we didn't see each other then. Yeah, no, I, I was in I was in Times Square and you're like, Why are you doing that? And I said, We're doing the you know, That's we're right. we're the tourist. We're here, you know, giving our daughter a tour of New York. She had never been there and it was the holiday time and stuff. So Oh well. Well I'm glad we're connected and we we go back to uh contact in the desert, which is one of our favorite events yes. Michelle. And Portal to Ascension, you know, that's where I think a real deepening happened with you and I, with both of us emceeing with Neil Neil Gora on Portal to Ascension. Mm. And I just really feel like I had this moment of clarity that we were so on the same page with the the unity through community vibe, you know. And now that I'm looking at your book, Alan, I'm really seeing that you model what one of my favorite phrases that I've been saying on the show for nine years is, and that is conscious collaboration without competition. And you model that in this book by the way that the book is laid out with having all these people that, that we've met and we've talked with and we've become friends with at Contact in the Desert. It's supportive. Everyone supports each other and their unique vision, just like me and you. I think that's why we became friends, because we really support each other as MCs. You know, we say, isn't that great what Michelle said? And, you know, it's like, you know, that's what the community is about. That's the new paradigm of what we're trying to bring through the world. Forget the aliens. We're trying to become better humans. Exactly. Exactly. And that's Eric's created this tagline. I know you didn't you didn't come up with this tagline, Eric, but we on our Awakening Code Radio t-shirts, it says, be good humans. And we like to end our show with that phrase so that we're mm-hmm. we're tasking people to be good humans. Eric, you're looking at me funny. Do well, we have- uh, yes. And uh, we've been having a few phone technical glitches, and I think it's on our end this time. I'm not hearing it as Alan's talking. So, Alan, I'm going to uh, hang up with you and call you back. No, don't hang up with okay. <laughs> and and see if we get rid of this chatter because it's only I only okay. hear it while we're talking. So we will call All you right. back, Michelle. We'll talk a little bit. We'll be right back. Michelle, we'll talk. Do you have the yeah. number? Um, because I don't think I don't think you have the number. So. I don't. <laughs> no, I, don't I didn't. Normally, I write it down for uh-huh. for you, but. Anyway, I want to give a shout out to one of our listeners, um, Michelle from Puerto Rico on Instagram. Um, But you know what? I just gave Eric my phone and the message that Michelle wrote on Instagram is on my phone. It's really we're doing a little tap dancing here. Um, But I want to thank I want to thank our listeners again and again and again for the way that you've supported us, especially during these really auspicious times where you know, I've been really honest on the show that I a lot of times I am a little bit discombobulated because of the state of our world. And, you know, I've been saying it a lot lately that when people say, are you OK? Sometimes I really have to stop for a moment and say, I'm I'm not <laughs> I'm not sometimes sometimes I'm really feeling um, like my skin is crawling and that there's there's. I see a lot of dissension around us and a lot of people um, handling the situation that we're in in very different ways. And what I my my main goal through the show and through our walk of life is just to to ask everyone to really be in our hearts with each other and 
you know, let the let the anger or the frustration or the astonishment that, you know, a lot of times we find we're astonished that people don't see things the same way we see things and then we're frustrated. And I'm really working on letting that go and surrendering to this, this you know, more benevolent path. And and I believe that our ben, our benevolent extraterrestrials, that's their message for us, is how do we live in a harmonic way with each other and find that harmonic resonance as we, we move through these times. And Alan writing this book and having this book come out, Eric doesn't know the date the book came out, Alan. The date the book came out was on May the 4th. May the 4th yes. be with you. Oh, I should have exactly, guessed that. <laughs> that's what the publishers didn't realize, but the whole book feels like it's been time for the right moment with the whole disclosure happening. Well, let's I mean, t- let's t- talk two things. I don't think we've said the name of your title uh, of the title of the book. Okay, is, let's say it so everyone can go out and yeah, buy it. Absolutely. Making Contact. Um, just Pre- just prepare, came out May fourth, and that the tagline is "Preparing for the New Realities of Extraterrestrial Existence" by Alan Steinfeld. Yeah, and Alan is A L A N Steinfeld S T E I N F E L D, and this is a an offshoot of St. Martin's Press. This is not like a book that I'm going to be publishing, you know, by myself. This is a big time publisher who who wouldn't be publishing a book like this unless there was someone like Alan Steinfeld writing it. Well, well, you know, this is the first UFO book that St. Martin's has published, but they took a chance because they knew a lot of people. I had a great vision for the book and they said, these are the best minds. And Michelle knows in our field, they've been you know, combined is probably 500 years of research with all the contributors here. So I wanted to recapitulate what's been going on in the UFO field since Roswell and bring out the secrets and, like, take a stab at what's real. Let's put together the pieces of the puzzle because the government's not doing that. The media doesn't do, isn't doing that because they don't know. And the politicians and the scientists have no idea what's going on. So it's up to the researchers who've been studying this phenomena for all this time saying, well, this is what it seems to be. But we don't have all the pieces of the puzzle together. This is just the best educated kind of overview that I could conceive of to start to bring people up to speed. And I got an opportunity to read Skim Through, I have to be honest, because I just got the book a couple of days ago. Um, and I do believe that whether it's the science fiction movies that we've seen, the really good um, extraterrestrial movies, Contact or Arrival or things that kind of open up our heart and, and soul as well as our mind when this event might happen. But I believe also Ancient Aliens for the last 14 years has played a role in getting people adjusted to the idea that this isn't wackadoodle talk anymore this is something that scientists i watched 60 minutes just a couple of weeks ago where they interviewed the pilots that had taken the video of these craft that cannot do anything that any earthly type craft can do and you know the pentagon and washington is saying we are getting ready to make an official announcement but why would it be wackadoodle to think we're not alone in the universe i think it's wackadoodle to think we are alone in the universe i think that the crazy position. Right. That's that, egotistical so of on our yeah. part, I think. What's that? It, it's very egotistical to think that we're the only ones. Yes. And obviously we're not. Life is abundant. It is an emergent property 
of the universe, I'm convinced. And we're about to wake up, and whether people are ready or not, here they come, because there have been more sightings this year than ever before in every country around the world. We're getting ready for for a big kind of um, coming out party, I think. That's one the way I would call it. It, it We're does, getting ready. It does. It does feel yeah. like that. As, as things are amping up, it feels like more and more we're being called to go within and really do a lot of our own healing on, you know, our our own internal landscape. And at the same time, it does seem like there are other beings that are watching us just shaking their head. <laughs> like, what are what is the species doing to themselves? You know, I, I opened your book to... Um, Page 205, it it says old humanity, and it says making contact will have to be a push through our old humanity because as veteran UFO researcher Stanton Friedman used to say, who wants to hang out with a bunch of apes whose favorite pastime is tribal warfare? And, right. You, and, remember, you remember Stanton? What a character, right? I, I do. I do. I remember from the first contact in the desert, and then it says a time will come when men will sit with history will sit with history before them or with some old newspaper before them and ask incredulously, was there ever such a world? Mm-hmm. I really, I, no. it flew, it just Actually, opened this page. That sent, that sent chills every time I hear that line. That was by H.G. Wells, the guy who brought us the first version of aliens coming to Earth, the War of the World. Yeah. So he, in 38, he kind of revised his kind of understanding and, came to a peaceful place about really opening up our hearts and minds to something beyond this primitive society that we've been living in, where we're still getting weapons, we're still blowing each other up, we're still making war, there's people still starving, the the earth is still being destroyed. All the things that have disconnected us from each other and our existence is about to change when we meet these other beings, not that they're going to do it for us, but we're realizing we're part of something bigger. And and we're like the little splinter in your finger that's really disturbing the whole body, the whole the whole local cosmos, because we, we, we are still childish in that way. So let's wake up to some new realities and start to live. That brings us to the even playing field. That's where we're supposed to start from in this incarnational experience as human beings you know it is about free energy and abundance and creativity it, it's it's not about violence and competition and this is mine and that's yours we need a new story of humanity and i think this is the beginning of it that we're not alone and you know it's funny to me i've been uh hosting uh, workshops out at the integratron michelle's been hosting events out there as well for 10 years and in those 10 years, there's been plenty of people that have come and, and with the idea of it's crazy to think about extraterrestrial travelers from one planet to a next. And now I can say you do realize that within 10 years, we are going to be those extraterrestrial travelers going to Mars. So what if they're but not only that, the, the Integratron was built because an extraterrestrial came to George Van Tassel Exactly. Right. So we will. We are. We, it, it, it's like I mean, we may actually be the extraterrestrials that were seated on this planet. We're so different than the rest of the animals here, even though we're still animals. We're very we have 
you know, communication, writing, and media, and um, houses, and all these things that no nothing else on this planet has. So I think we actually may find out more about who we really are when we learn the true history of the cosmos. I agree. I, I think that the story of the gods versus a singular god, the planetary visitors, the Anunnaki, all those things have been, they were presented as fact by the people that shared those stories with us 6,000 years ago and longer. Um, and yet we've wanted, because our brains can't wrap around it, we've wanted to call it mythology and fiction. So, you know, it, it's we're getting to the point now where it isn't mythology and fiction. We're starting to really grasp um, some things that we couldn't explain or didn't want to accept, and they are coming true right before our eyes right now. Right. So we have to change our worldview about what's possible, and that upsets a lot of people who want to live in a safe, secure, predictable reality. This pulls the carpet out from under them because reality then is suddenly not what people have told us. And that can shake people up if, you're, if their world is very small and, and they're holding on to fear. So this is a wake-up call to say there's so much more to life and we're about to meet it. And it's a really exciting moment in human history. It's probably, probably the most exciting moment in human civilization. I agree. I think that's what, where we are. So making contact, like the title of the book, it's not just about, it's about making contact with ourselves, making contact with the earth, making contact with a bigger part of what consciousness is. It's something more than we've been educated to think. It, there's a bigger reality that, you know, Grant Cameron, who writes a chapter in this book, says, you know what? They might not even be aliens. What we're calling aliens just may be another mythology because there may be something we don't even understand that what these things are but it's awakening us to stretch beyond the old the old terms the old way the old boxes you I, know what i mean yeah i really agree with that and i like how you did the book in terms of collaborating with a lot of these people who are very credentialed and i'd love right. to go i'd love to go down the list of how you started it with Nick Pope and uh -huh. how, how you went all the way to Daryl Anka, who channels Bashar and everyone. Right. In between. You know, so you know why I started with Nick, right, Michelle? Cause you know, Nick, right? I, I do. He, he, he's was part of the UK ministry of defense. Right. And mm -hmm. did yeah. you, what's going on with this whole rebranding of the name that now they're not calling them UFOs anymore. I will tell you what's going on. It's not just a rebranding. In the ATIP documents, you know what ATIP, that was the secret government program that Harry Reid started that Louise Alessandro was the head of, and they decided to call these things not unidentified flying objects, but unexplained aerial phenomena. So this is a key to what's being upgraded within the movement. We went from basically objects to phenomena. This thing is more than just objects in the sky. There's a whole consciousness level. And in these ATIP documents, it says these objects affect the cognitive environments of those looking at. It means they, they affect their consciousness. There's, there's, an, there's a phenomenal effect on the observer. So 
it's more than just objects. There's synchronicities. There's paranormal elements. This is why the rebranding, not just because UFOs got a bad name, which it has, but UAPs give us a wider perspective of what this thing is really all about. It's not about objects. It's about the effect on consciousness, and that is phenomenal. Well, one of the things that I've noticed um, as well when you talk about the effect of consciousness, I know that when I came home from Peru, the first time I went to Peru, I told my husband, I'm different. Something happened to me in Peru, and I'm not the same person I was when I went there. And he didn't really know what that meant. And I didn't really know what it meant. It just came out of me that I had changed somehow. And it wasn't some big, huge UFO contact. It was, uh, I, I got this really specific orb in my pictures. And um, it had the, the an, an Incan face in it, the man, uh, uh, like a, a man's face. But it also had other faces within this one bubble. And in... You know, I took two pictures 30 seconds apart, and one didn't have it in it, and then the next one did. And it wasn't just one being in the, fa- in the, in the orb. It was several beings. One looked extraterrestrial. One looked like a cat-like being, a feline being, and then this humanoid-looking being that looked like maybe an ancestor. And then they started communicating with me, and I can remember exactly when it happened. I was driving on the freeway, and I felt them in my heart. And a lot of the communications I've, I've ever had with beings have been, you know, there's been twice where they've come to my bedroom in my bed and, and they don't use their mouth. It's all telepathic. And, and, exactly. And I this get the message. message. Yeah. It's like the message yes. goes into my heart. The dolphins talk with me that way too. And it's not like I can plan it or call to them and say, will you talk to me and can I have a conversation? It doesn't work that way. It's just. It's happened a few times in my life. That's all I can tell you, you know. But isn't it weird, Michelle and Eric, that we are living in these parallel worlds where some people would totally think you're out of your mind, Michelle, and other the other half or maybe quarter would think, wow, that is a beautiful experience. And so there's a lot of people out there who can't relate to the idea of opening their hearts and communicating with ETs and getting a telepathic download. That, I mean, this is sort of who that we have to talk to and say, or I think maybe it just has to happen to them. Like before Peru, you weren't that person, right? I don't feel like I was. I feel like I really had a a huge shift while I was there, and and I can't explain it. I there's just no right. explaining so what, it. It just and it happened in my heart. It was not a right. mental thing. It was definitely exactly. It was definitely felt in my heart and in my body. And one of the things that I've learned since then is that it's my life flows much, much more easily for me when I listen to my body first and then I go to my mind, even in situations like, like what we're experiencing right now on earth. It's the energy. You're Mm -hmm. listening to the energy. I mean, Eric, do you go along with that or are you still on the fence about, I don't know, I don't know you that well. So no, no, I'm not on the fence any longer. I'm on the other side. I'm on the other side of the fence. <laughs> Eric's having some significant, <laughs> significant communications. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it oh, is, like, yeah, it, it came through the biggest, I suppose, transmission came from uh, this bed of work that I call sonic geometry. Um, correlating geometric forms with sound frequencies and where that came from, 
uh, and bringing it back to the Sumerian story of contact 6,000 years ago. And when I started, I wasn't really looking for that connection. And when it was made, I'm like, there is so much more to this story of our existence that we're living with today, the, w- the way we measure things, the way we measure time and right. geometry. Those are extraterrestrial stories, and we're all living it all over the world, every single one of us. And we've right, been because taking, we are extraterrestrials. Right? Very are you, possibly. Are you talking about, you talking about cymatic? The geometries of sound. Is um, that what you mean? I I do meant I do experiment with cymatics, but no, I'm actually talking about the harmonics that are found in geometric forms. That was the very first thing okay. that launched me into where I am today, ten years later, talking confidently about extraterrestrials. Um, is I just went down the rabbit hole with some very real information, and what I came up with was something unexpected that. It was a story that archaeologists want to call a myth about sky visitors, but was not written as a myth by the people in Samaria 6,000 years ago. And from then on, I had to just keep doing more research, more research, connecting with other people, physicists, scientists, mathematicians, um, music theorists, theorists. And I'm like, there is this huge thing going on right in front of our faces, but it's almost like hidden in plain sight. And now it's not being hidden anymore. It is coming out for people to see in all levels of consciousness. But do you look at crop circles too? Oh yeah. I've been to England. I got to be in what uh, a crop circle that totally spoke to me. um, That was all about threes and the Vesica Pisces. And this, I I couldn't believe it. I was there the day after it showed up uh, two years ago, three years ago, I guess now. And I know that's magic. That is harmonic in form. Yes. For sure. I know I was, I was in the 888 circle on August 8, 2008, and that was just, you could feel the kundalini energy coming through the center of that circle. I mean, I felt it, so, um, you know, but I want to get back to Michelle's outline of the book and start how I started with Nick Pope, who was just looking at the phenomena from an external point of view, just how government looks at it, just the nuts and bolts of the craft, and then from Nick, who I call like an investigator, I go to Grant Cameron, who starts to suggest the idea that there's consciousness involved. So I, I go from the external, the exoteric, to the esoteric as the chapters proceed. From Grant, I go to J.J. Hurtock and Desiree Hurtock, who go deeper into the levels of consciousness. And then from there, I talk to Linda Moulton Howe, or she wrote an essay especially for this book. And I think, Michelle, you know her. Oh, yeah. She is one of the... In a field of all men, Linda has risen to the top of the pile. She really has, you know. She has. And she, mm-hmm. she is the best. And she writes about her, her whistleblower, government insiders coming to her and talking about these three competing extraterrestrial races being here for thousands of years, competing for the control of this planet. Now, I don't know if that's true, but Linda, you know, has almost, 40-something years of experience in the field, and um, I, I think she is one of the best. And then from Linda, I got this unpublished Well, let's stop, well, let's stop, stop for okay. one minute okay. there, because yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I know our listeners are going to say, hey, wait a minute, what right. are those three competing races? And let's, let's name them. Oh, yeah. Well, there's the little greys, which are abducting people, right, and they're taking the genetics in order to make a hybrid race, because... 
some people say Linda doesn't necessarily say that, but I say they've reached the end of their they can no longer reproduce and they and they don't have the passion that's been bred out of them to to create, to have emotion, to have empathy and compassion. So they needed our genetics, and this is what the it's behind the abductions, to interweave their with their great intelligence to create a hybrid race. And that's why you get people like um Bashar, who says he's a, a hybrid, you know, coming in and, um, you know, talking about what the future's like to this civilization that was half gray and half um, human. So those are one race. And then you get the tall blondes or the Nordics, and then you get the reptilians. Those are what people have claimed. And I, I haven't had those experiences, but those are the three competing races. But within that, you can't say one is good or bad, but within those other races, there's subdivisions of good and bad. And so who knows? Maybe maybe none of it is good or none of it is bad. It's just our understanding that's very limited. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm beginning to suspect, that there really isn't good or bad. And some people say, well, maybe it's bad to abduct people, abduct people. Other people who have been abducted says, you know, that was the most mind-expanding thing that ever happened to me. And Whitley Strieber writes about that in this book. Whitley Strieber is probably the most uh, well-known abductee. And um, he goes into deeper levels of how this affected his psyche and his understanding of um, who he was, how he realized that consciousness was perhaps a non-local phenomena. And then I was going to say, I got an essay by John Mack. Go ahead. I was just going to, I wanted to say that Whitley Strieber is such a nice man. He he, yeah. he is so approachable and he just is a sweetheart. You know, I I can't say enough good things about my interactions with him at Portal 2 and, and And one of the smartest people. He's a very intelligent, very well read, probably the best writer in the field. You know, he wrote the, the screenplay for The Hunger and a couple of other movies he wrote screenplays for the wolf wolfen i think was another one of his and uh but he's very deep and thoughtful yeah and he's really trying to understand what happened to him and what's happening to the world what is this phenomenon this et phenomena mean and he quotes in this essay that he puts in this book and also his book um called the new world Something he heard from Colonel Corso, who wrote the book The Day After Roswell. And Corso took talked to the met these aliens who were part of some of those crash retrievals. And one of these aliens said to Corso, you know, we're here to give you something, but it's gonna be a new world if you can take it. And 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 I don't know what that actually means. I don't think Whitley or even Linda was aware of that quote, but it's a new world if we can take it, meaning, I think, if we can give up the old ways of being, the old competition, the old way of thinking. Is there something new that's possible if we could just, well, have this global awakening that you had in Peru, Michelle? It's, it's, yeah, I, can, I can feel into it, and the best way that I could like sum it up is with the movie The Last Mimsy. And when you watch this child's movie, I watched it and just wept. I just sobbed because, you know, this scientist was sending back this little 
it looked like a stuffed rabbit. And that stuffed rabbit needed the DNA from somebody who still had compassion and purity in her DNA, this little girl. She was she was a very smart little girl. And and when you go to when you see like the visions of the future, you see those gray aliens. They're kind of soulless, like they've lost a piece of their their light. And um that's the feeling I get. And that, that movie has moved me in ways that I can't even express. I mean, I cry every single time I watch it. And well, I'm going to watch that with you sometime. Okay? Yeah, I would I, love I, that. I would love that. I do feel but, a, a lot like that's, the, you know, what they're trying to show us or what that movie is really inviting us to, to consider is all the ways that we have mis, misused this beautiful planet that we were gifted <laughs> And right. and what we've and done we with our with our egos, you. yes, and 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 the way that we treat each other, and you know, it's it's really inviting us to take a look at those things. And I feel like every time I go onto social media these days, and I look at some of the the things being hurled about, you know, the different belief systems and and the division, and everybody's need to be right. You know, I definitely have a very strong opinion about the situation we find ourselves in. But at the same time, I want to have compassion for where people are at because they, a a lot of people do not see it my way. They, they don't see through some of the, some of the muck that's out there. And rather than, you know, be angry or throw, you know, hurtful accusations to anyone, I feel like you know, we're just going to have to sit through it. And, and we're in a very tenuous spot right now. And I don't think it's anything that love can't put a salve on, you know, if we can well, love, love each other thing. through it. That's what the grays suddenly realized they missed out on when yeah. they bred for pure intellect. They reached a dead end because it didn't get them to God or the divine or the yeah. infinite. It just got them to pure intellect. So. That's exactly right. They've come here to get our genetics because we do have a little bit left of passion and compassion and creativity within our our cellular structure. And that's what they need to keep evolving. Otherwise, they're a dying race and they need what we have. So they come here and I was even given a little hybrid child to hold in this dream state. Although it was really a weird experience. It's like, what is this? But still, they, they, there's something that we also need to develop with each other, another level of compassion. Right. Maybe I'm just talking about myself, though. No, I, I, I feel like you have made the rounds with so many people and you are mm-hmm. weaving together these golden threads of consciousness that that you're seeing you're seeing a theme that's evolving with right. with many it of is. the people look at bridget did you just have bridget at your um yes yeah. bridget nelson she's mm-hmm. one of my new favorite people yeah she's she amazing brilliant mm-hmm. she's very she's very uh compassionate very loving and, and a really beautiful expression of this hybrid uh, mind that can take great intelligence and great love, and and um, weave it together into a new human being. Right. You know, I'm, I'm sure she still has stuff going on, but she 
is very joyful and very, and this is our destiny. This is really what I think the ET situation is here to help bring us out of the kind of um, uh, complaint, the kind of misery, the suffering. I mean, they're not going to do it for us, but there's hope. And I've written this book from a very hopeful place. These ETs, whatever they're out there, they're not here to invade our planet. They're not here to take over and control our lives. Um, I think they're here to wake us up to who we really are. And it's time we knew our greater capacity. This is what Joe Dispenza is talking about now. Right. He's even incorporating the awareness of these ETs into his human potential work, if you've heard his latest stuff. So this is a, an awakening that we're part, you know, if science tells us that we're just a freak of nature and that the universe is lifeless, it sort of feels hopeless. Somehow. But if we realize that life is an emergent property and it's here for an evolution to a higher consciousness, I think that gives us incentive and hope and possibility and something unknown. There's an unknown road that opens up to us with potentials for the unknown to evolve to a, a, a better place for everyone. Oh my gosh. I love the way that you language things, Alan. And I really have felt that every single time I listen to you on any of the conferences that we've been at, you really are incredible at the way that you can put these, put these thought forms together that convey such a beautiful message and make me feel more hopeful because I do. Sometimes I get down. <laughs> oh, don't get down. You can call me, Michelle. Yeah. But it's not, mm, this is a momentous time. We are living in a, a pivot in history, probably. And that just, just thrills me. That's just like, wow, we can look back in, what, 50, 100 years and say, you remember when the planet woke up together? Yeah. Isn't that just, yeah. isn't that just yeah. like, a, this is a, change as the government I mean they haven't even talked about the implications they said UFOs are real which is huge especially they've been looking at this for the last 25 30 years or 70 or however long. right and didn't the Navy finally admitted it right in the past couple of years but but what's the implications of that it's so vast this is a renaissance and it's interesting that the, the Renaissance in the, after the Middle Ages followed that dark time in history. We're coming out of this dark time these last two years where everyone was just locked inside their house under apartment. And I think they're coming into a Renaissance. And I think, yes, it was awful and horrible, but I think people are really excited about an unknown future. We just stepped out, stepped out of a normalcy. There's no more normal sort of because of these last two years. So this opens the door to, well, what else is possible? What else is going on? What else can it is in the world? And I think people are now looking more wide-eyed at, at a bigger world. And the ETs are showing up in greater numbers. Whatever's out there, it really is an increase around the world. I, I just talked to someone from China, from Russia, from Italy, from... Uh, the Netherlands, people, they're seen, and it's not about a government movement. This is a people's movement. This is what I've been talking to Mark Sims about and Danny Sheehan and 
all the people on Saturday Night Alive, which we're doing another one on, on June 5th about a people's movement towards awakening. But let's, the, why don't we, why don't we yeah. say that? Saturday Night Alive, okay. give the details for that. That's Deborah Juisty and Scott Katamas's. Katamas. Yeah, their, right. their event is every Saturday night. It's like, yeah, it's brilliant what they did and how they're weaving and collaborating. In the beginning, I was really helping them, putting them together with people that I know. I haven't been helping them as much lately, but you were on this past Saturday night, right? Yeah, that was part one of uh, making contact. I mean, everyone's sort of using the name of my book, which is actually okay. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I've heard that now everywhere, making contact. Oh, we're making contact. And even like, you know, I got an email from somebody recently said, oh, making contact. They just wanted my phone number, but they were making contact. So (laughs) it's like, um, so Saturday Night Alive, yes, we did one about this coming um, global effect and Mark Sims, who has this technology of these radios, he puts out this signal. Actually, Eric might be interested in this kind of how he turns um, pictures into sound frequencies that send broadcasts out to the stars and they get these little beep, beep, beep sometimes on these radio frequencies. Eric, I think you would really understand what they're doing there. Sounds fascinating and, um, for sure. And so. Danny Sheehan was on the show, and he's going to be on again on June 5th. You can go to globalpeacetribe.com and go register for the Zoom link, and you get into the Zoom room. You can also watch it on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash newrealities. I've been broadcasting a lot of the latest ET updates. So, um, And Danny Sheehan, if people don't know, Danny Sheehan <laughs> is he – w- he, he has had – so many successful law cases. Um, not, not just successful, but politically significant. Yes. He defended Karen Silkwood, I think it was after her stay, after she was killed by the nuclear industry. He worked for Daniel Ellsberg and the Pentagon Papers. He went to Standing Rock and stood up for the uh, blocking the pipeline there. He was John Mack's lawyer at Harvard, when John Mack, the, the Harvard um, professor, said ETs are real. These people are having abduction experiences. Harvard said, you can't say that, and you know, we're going to throw him out of the university as a professor. And Danny, Danny Sheehan actually defended him. So Danny's been a people's lawyer, and now, do you know, he's the lawyer for Luis Elizondo. He's defending him in a, um inspector general complaint and saying, that he he quit the Pentagon because he was discounted his opinion in this whole advanced aviation threat identification program was sort of erased. And uh, Danny is standing up for him and saying, no, there's something happening here. And it's time he told the truth. So Danny is a public defender in the best way possible. He is. I, I want to, I'm so glad you got that out there. Cause most, you and I know Danny Sheehan, that his name is like, you know, we talk about Danny all the time. And Mark, Mark Sims, um, called Danny when I was at Mark Sims house and talked to him about all the nuclear stuff that we're seeing. You know, it seems like we get a lot of extraterrestrial traffic when we are being, um, when we're right. not when we're not being smart when we're misusing these you know the nuclear capabilities that we have so well that was the last book by Jacques Delay did you see that Eric Trinity 
It's like the UFO showed up in Roswell, New Mexico. The Roswell uh, Air Force, or I don't think it was the Air Force now, but are the planes that dropped the bomb on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And New Mexico is where all those atomic blasts, the test experiments were set off at Trinity. So I think, and other people have said this, that when you blow, it's not like dropping a bomb. You are ripping a hole with an atomic bomb in time and space. And that has alerted these other rest of the cosmos that, uh-oh, we better check these people out because they're playing with something they don't understand. Yes, it leaves and a so, signature, you know, that it's detectable far and wide. <laughs> yes, it rips a hole in time space. I mean, this is, I mean, I think, I don't know if that's proven, but other physicists have said that, you know. And so what does that mean? It's like the alarm clock has gone off to check us out and say, uh-oh, these kids might blow themselves up, which would be pretty bad for the rest of the cosmos. It's like we're all connected. It's a universe. So it's like we're like the little splinter in the in our finger. It's like throbbing through our whole body, and we need to wake up, get that out, clear the field in order to be, start to become harmonious with the rest of creation. Yes. So, like, yes, yeah, stop making war. Well, and the time frame, it makes a lot of sense. So we were experimenting with the hydrogen bomb, the atomic bomb, in the early 1940s. We deployed it on Japan in 1945. And you think, all right, well, even if these are advanced uh, beings, probably still take them a long time to, if they're coming in a physical ship, uh, to make the trip to Earth. And so you give them about seven, eight years. And lo and behold, 1952 and 53 is the huge uh moment like yeah. of people just seeing extraterrestrial craft all over the planet um definitely a high moment so it seems and, like there and, could be and president Tr- no you're exactly right 51 they flew over the capitol building there was I, I i think it was truman a little bit before that publicly announced he said if ufos or for he said called them flying saucers are real i can assure you they're not from any place on this earth so we are now recapitulating the same cycle, but I think more the media, maybe because there is more media now, is getting on board with the fact that something is here. That's why I wrote this book. It's for people to catch them up on this last 75 years of history and go into this next phase of civilization because it will be a new phase of civilization when we really make contact that. Something new is possible. Just think of the technology they have to offer us. The, the biology, the... Um, there, there's a lot of talk uh, of the med bed. I, I've noticed a lot of people... I don't even know what that is. People about talk about med that. Bed, but you know what I want to get you to talk about before we run yeah. out of time is I noticed that somebody who I have loved for many, many years, and I've never actually spoken to her myself directly, but I would love to get her on our show is Mary Rodwell. And I noticed she, she penned chapter 10, awakening to our cosmic heritage. And, and, you know, I love that it, it, she said, my work with the new human has led me to ask an initial question. What will humanity look like when we realize we are part of a larger cosmos? I I just think that's bang on that question. No, thank you for that. Mary is a really forward-thinking person. She goes around the world 
talking to little kids, young, five or three or four, who remember their lives on other planets, and, and, and they tell them these uh, uh, incredible things, like we have to wake up, all the things we've been saying here. But imagine coming out of the mouth of a three-year-old. Right, and, and she's, so, so, she's so pragmatic at the way she draws the information out. She used to be a nurse. She's, she's, is she Australian? She's Australian. No, I think she's originally English, but she's living in Australia. Right. She, you know, to look at her, you think, oh, here's this woman who's been a nurse, and she's probably... Just a regular person, but no, she's extraordinary. She really is. She is. I, I've turned on. I've turned so many of my friends that have had really significant encounters to her, and she's talked with them. And yet, I've never spoken with her myself. But I, I do oh, want to get her on the show. Her. Yeah. Oh well, I'm doing a little roundtable discussion with her on the New Life Expo, and uh, when is she, that? And she's that is going to be. I'm doing a roundtable. People can listen. New Life. Expo online that is June 6th. This coming Sunday, I'm having Mary Rodwell and Daryl Anka on the same show, and Carolyn Corey. And who else is on that show? Oh, I think Grant might come on that show. And so this is online. How do they find it? New Life Expo? Go to newlifeexpo.com. Look for the ET UFO panel at 6 p.m. Eastern on June 6th and just sign up. It's going to be a real breakthrough panel because I don't think these people have ever talked to each other. And it's all about the hybrids. It's all about waking up to these new realities. And, you know, Daryl, we haven't really, he's had a chapter in this book and he's had a 38 year relationship, ongoing relationship with this extraterrestrial Bashar. And he is probably the closest person I can think of who's really merged with this ET consciousness because it's just infiltrated into his mind and he really understands the concepts that Bashar has given out over the last 30-something years. So he's integrated them into his life and he lives in his, what Bashar says, he, he lives in his excitement. You know, Bashar says, follow your excitement. Don't do anything unless you're fully excited about it. And this is a teaching from an extraterrestrial. So these ETs are waking us up to our potential and just by following our excitement. Following our bliss. Yes. Yes. Follow your bliss. This is why we're on the planet not to do. And this breaks the kind of spell of suffering and lack and deprivation that we've all sort of been kind of uh, indoctrinated with in this kind of American culture. We don't have to suffer. You know, yes, there are people suffering, but, you know, Bashar said circumstances don't matter. Just the way you feel about the circumstances matter. It's not It's not <laughs> what's, what's going on. It's what you make of what's going on. So people can be, you know, rich and have everything and still be miserable. They, you know, so it's like we we have to reorientate ourselves to our passion. Yes. And everyone says, oh, yeah, I want to follow my bliss and just take drugs. Well, that's not bliss. That is an escape. If you're really following your bliss, you're being a creative, inventive, um, ongoing person into the foreverness of being. That's being following your bliss. That's what we're here to do. We're to wake up to 
the potential that's undiscovered in our soul. And that's exciting for me, isn't it? It is so exciting, Alan. And that's what I love is your passion. It's clear to me. And just witnessing you for all these years is that you follow your bliss, you live your bliss, and you bring other people into bliss with you. And I celebrate that with you. We we had a um, we've had listeners writing in. I just want to give shout outs to Don Connolly and Gary Grunwald. Gary Grunwald wrote in almost every major industry, especially energy and pharmaceuticals, stand to lose from this awakening. And that's why it's been that's suppressed right. for years and years. And I agree with that. They will lose, but look what the world will gain, right? Right. Look what all of us will gain. Imagine free energy in your home so we don't have to be a slave to work for energy. Uh, this gets us, but this gets us all to just a level playing field. I think Eric will appreciate that. Once we have free energy, once we're following our bliss, then the real purpose of incarnation, which I call the flowering of humanity, can, can come forward and emerge from each one of us, our gift. Amen. To back to give back to each other in creation. We're here to be the feeling creative beings, and when we are creative, we increase crea- creation itself. That's why I think we're here, and um, that's what we've been doing, Michelle. We've been following our bliss. That's why we keep running into each other. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that's true, definitely true. Um, I I want to. I said earlier when we were we've been having technical difficulties all throughout the show. It seems like it's almost like we have an echo on mine and Eric's mics. Like not on your. You don't have a radio on next to you, do you, Alan? Me? No. Yeah, no. It's almost like we have extraterrestrials yeah, interfering with our airwaves. They don't want us to be talking. It's weird. <laughs> I'm, I'm not used to that. Well, let well me, maybe they want us to hear us in echo so we really yeah. get it. Let, let me read this from one of our listeners that wrote such a sweet, um, a, a sweet note on Instagram. Michelle in Puerto Rico, she says, I'm so grateful to you guys. I started loving myself when I found your show. One of the best things to ever happen to me. So we we love getting messages like that. And I wanted to give a shout out to Todd and his daughter, Ella McNulty, in New Orleans. Todd bought one of our Awakening Code Radio t-shirts and his daughter, Ella, contacted us. And, you know, it, it's just so nice to hear there are many good humans on the planet that, that are connecting with the message of... You know, I think most humans are good. It's government that creates more and, you know, corporations that separate people. But most people, and we travel, know that people just want to live their lives. They just want to be happy. They just want to, you know, make their family happy. That Most people are pretty good. Of course, there's not everyone, but it's like aliens. Most aliens, I think, are pretty good because they have souls and they have hearts and they have compassion. And mm-hmm. that's what I think the universe is made of, essentially. Yeah. Let's hope. <laughs> yeah. Well, that divine spark that you talked about at the beginning of the show is one of the things that I think is such a, an important thing to always remember is that nobody can take away our connection with that source energy, that that divine spark, that, you know, that beginning yeah. of creation. And a lot of people try to become middlemen to that and and insert themselves right. in as a teacher or a guru or a you know whatever 
But really, we are each connected to that spark. And if we continue to remember that, I think, you know, the possibilities are infinite with what we can do with with our species by expanding and evolving. And this is a journey. We are on the journey. That spark is a part of us. And, you know, I made the publisher put that asterisk between making and contact because that is the spark that I wanted to have people actually visualize in the contact experience of making contact with the spark in them and in others. That little asterisk. Do you see it? Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. It's such a beautiful, I like how you did this. Eric and I were talking about how how simple but perfect the, the cover of this book yeah, is. It is. I know. You know, I had to say that the that the publisher came up with that. I said, wow, that's a little simple. But, you know, maybe. I think it's that's perfect. It yeah, I think it's graphic and, and grabs your attention. And it's perfect. I can't wait to read it. And thank you so much, let, Alan. For- let, let's start with what the the, well, the very inside says. It yeah, says, well, I was going to say that, Michelle. Exactly. Read what's inside the cover there. That right inside the cover, it says, take a peek into forever where the spirit of adventure can transcend the boundaries of belief and reveal the unknown. It awaits your discovery. Love that. Yeah. For sure. That's what I'm asking the reader to do by picking up this book and reading through all the chapters with an open mind to discover something unknown. And this is what awaits us as the UFO phenomena comes into our world. It's not anything we know. So it's the unknown, and we can't be afraid of the unknown. We're only afraid of what we know. The unknown is full of wonder and mystery and possibility. That's what I'm offering the reader here. Mm. So thank you. Well said, my friend. I am so proud of you and I'm so excited. I, you know, I've wanted you on the show for a long time, Alan. And now I know why it's been this long because it was meant to be right now while all of this is happening. And, you know, spirit brings it just at the right time. I hope to see you in Los Angeles. Maybe we'll see you there, right? We'll talk. I hope so. Oh, oh, Disclosure Fest is happening June June 19th in Chatsworth. So go to DisclosureFest.org and check that out. And let's talk tomorrow, Alan, and I will give you an update. Great. But thank you both. Thank you so much, Alan. Thank you. Keep up the good work, sharing such a positive message, and look forward to seeing you in person again soon. Well, Eric, I want to hear how you've been transformed after you finished reading that book. Okay? I will definitely write in and report to you for sure. Well, maybe I'll have you on my show. We can do like a, a Zoom eat a round table. I, okay? I think that would be awesome. I'd be a, you, you don't remember you you actually sat into my presentation at Portal Two uh, Portal Two Ascension, and and you I didn't know who you were at the time. And you said that's one of the best presentations I've ever heard. <laughs> oh yes, I do remember that. That was a great presentation. Yeah, I, I, let's come on my show, which is on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash/NewRealities, and we'll talk about both your work and Michelle. You are always so optimistic and hopeful, and looking towards a, a brighter future. That's that's also why we connect because Thank that you. is what I think is coming to the world for a sure. Brighter future. As we, as we as we ride through the uncertainty of it all, yes, that is my vision for sure. 
So well, people we, should get Making Contact on Amazon. Just go to Amazon, Making Contact, Parents of New Realities of Extraterrestrial Existence. I'm Alan Steinfeld, and it'd be great to hear feedback when people Thank you so much. We will, we will keep promoting it for sure. Our admin, Colleen, is great at that, and uh, we will do our part on our end because it's an important book at, a, at just the right time. Yes. Thank you. Thank you both. All righty. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Alan. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Oof, that was, you know how me, I am with technical difficulties, and that was tough for me to sit through. Hearing such, all the Oh, feedback. hearing it, such a, a great guest. Yeah. And it was coming, you know, it was coming from us. It wasn't from him. It was coming from us. And uh, so that my note that you couldn't read said we could have some of these discussions after we hang up with him. Oh. Like you could read more without the yeah. the overlay of the weird sound. I don't know what that was. But anyway, it was the extraterrestrials coming it, through. It him. just could be. <laughs> and, you know, listener, we really are. It's so amazing that when we started the show, it was uh, October of 2012. So the Mayan calendar is taking up a whole lot of our attention. But we've always talked about the possibility of extraterrestrial contact on the show. It has been one of the four or five major themes that we've talked about. And I always have realized. Uh, kind of that you're walking the plank a bit when you talk about this. Mm -hmm. And now that it is happening and it's almost like it's happening. It really and, is. And what in our not only in our generation, but while we're here able to talk about it on the air, it's it feels surreal, almost like you can't catch up to what it really means. Um I can and, I can feel that. You know, one of our listeners, Melitza, mm -hmm. uh that lives Hi, Melitza. Thank she, you. she lives in Maryland. She was in Miami vacationing with her husband Bruce. She sent me pictures and she said, Michelle, we were just taking pictures of how beautiful it was, you know, lit at night in Miami as they were walking back from dinner. And she goes, Look in the sky. <laughs> and there are some pretty interesting things in the sky. I'll have to show you the pictures mm. after the show. But yeah, and now it's it just feels like it's almost commonplace that people are seeing and feeling a lot more. Well, that, and part of me does wonder that there is so much to, to take our attention away. I mean, there's a dozen things going on to – I don't know if distraction is the right word, but to pull our attention. Look at this over here. Look at this over here. Look at – and you know, it could be COVID. It could be Bitcoin. It could be any of these major news stories, and at the same time – we're getting, hey, the Pentagon's going to make an announcement about UFOs being a real thing. And it's almost like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah we, we. <laughs> I, it's so it's surreal. It's not the same level of excitement as when, you know, we landed on the moon or anything well, like that, right? Of course I mean, not. It will be when we everybody actually sees or hears or knows for sure, like the moon landing. But that it's actually happening. The, think of it, listener. That the government itself that has been in state of denial since the beginning that are coming out and saying, yes, here's the video footage from these jets that we scrambled to chase these craft. Here's uh, the jet pilots themselves on 60 Minutes talking about what they're seeing and with video through night vision goggles. And you're just going, is this really happening that this is officially coming out and you are not you're not really hearing much about it? I mean, I just kind of blows my mind. There's a lot of that going on. There's a lot of things happening all at In once. On many levels. On many, many le levels. Not, not just the extraterrestrial story, no, but there's a lot of stuff. 
there's so much stuff coming to a head. We're, we're not. Yeah, we're not seeing. I, I'm seeing stuff on Instagram. You know, my friends are sending me stuff that that have, that are in England, you know, and huge crowds coming out. Humongous. It looks like thousands and thousands of people. And the news is reporting oh, 350 people mm-hmm. came out. And when you see the pictures that friends of mine are taking, it's like that's not 350 people. <laughs> you know, that's like the whole place. You know, uh, um, yeah. There, there's I, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot yeah. going on, and um, part of it's troubling, and then part of it to me says this is the way it has to happen. It has to be happen unfold in such an unpredictable sneak attack way, um, and that's what seems like is happening to us. We're so um, discombobulated. In so many ways, for so many reasons, that we don't know where to land our attention like, oh, yeah, that's for sure real what we should believe or, you know, I'm basing my whole future on this. It's interesting you would use the word discombobulated because I use that word this morning when I got up. I had a date to go for a hike with uh, one of my adopted daughters, Raquel, and I was meeting her and she said, how are you doing? I said, I feel so discombobulated. It's all I could do to even get my, how am I even going to get on this trail? And she said, I feel the same way. Once we walked and got out in nature Mm -hmm. and got that sunshine on us and, you know, fought against that discombobulation, when we got home, we were both talking away to Brian, you know, like it was a great hike. We needed it. And I think that that's part of what is, is, an important piece of what we're going through is grounding. It, you know, when we talk about how we should be outside in nature, getting getting what you get from being in nature, that it will help us get through some of these weird, Issues. discombobulated <laughs> kind of times. Yeah. Yes, for sure. But thank you for bringing that up, Eric. And I, I'm, I'm sorry that we had the d- technical difficulties tonight. I hope that... Our admin, Colleen, is such a wizard. She, I don't um, think she's going to be able to fix that. Don't know if she and can And, you know, fix the it. best part is while Alan, Alan was talking, you didn't hear it. So that's a benefit of you did hear it from us, and I recognize it. So I actually I chimed in less so Alan had more time to talk. And I could have listened to him for two hours. I mean, we could have gone deeper, but I just couldn't listen to the technical He's talked to so many incredible people. He's yeah. definitely somebody you'll want to have on again. For oh, sure. for sure. He's very fascinating, and he's yeah. always upbeat and positive. Super always. nice. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So his book, again, listener, is Making Contact, um, and it is Preparing for the New Realities of Extraterrestrial Existence. And this is a book you can get in, in bookstores. This is not just Amazon only or online or whatever. This is St. Martin's Press. Actually, go request it in a bookstore if it's not already there. Already there, I think it probably will be because how much the subject matter is matching what is happening in reality. That always makes for good book sales. Yep. So thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back next week. And just remember to be, be good, good humans. humans. Or at least as good a humans as you can be. We'll see you next week, everybody. This is Eric Rankin and Michelle Anderson from Awakening Code Radio right here on KXFM. 
We'd like to invite you to join a conversation to raise the vibration. Broadcasting live every Tuesday night from 8 to 10 p.m., we cover all aspects of the process of awakening, whether it's emotional or spiritual growth. And have hosted such luminaries as Deepak Chopra, Marianne Williamson, James Redfield, and many others. With a global audience, our show is one of the most listened to programs here at KXFM. And we would love for you to join the conversation. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.